Welcome in to another Patreon question show with questions from the patrons released on my YouTube channel. I don't want to keep you guys waiting, so we will just jump into the questions and let's go. First one from Rapid Raven. Uh, what is Anthony Richardson's floor versus ceiling? He's always going to have his rushing floor, but if he never develops in the passing area, he might not be a starter for a long time. Drafting him feels like a huge risk. I somewhat agree. He is risky. I feel like some people are dismissing that. They're, I've heard some people say he should be the 101 in Superflex. Not for me. Bijan Robinson's the clear 101. I actually have Bryce Young ahead of Anthony Richardson. I've settled with Anthony Richardson at 103. Behind Bryce Young, who I think is pretty much a sure thing outside of his height. And uh, above CJ Stroud, who I think has some more risk uh, going to the Texans. But yeah, I mean, Anthony Richardson's ceiling is, you know, peak Cam Newton but a little bit, you know, starting at now is <laughs> probably a ceiling. His floor is nothing that he busts, that he is, you know, rushes for a couple of years and then is out of the NFL. So that, that's a ceiling and floor. I mean, you got to know what you're risking, but the Colts win the fourth overall pick on him. He's going to get a chance. He's going to get a couple of years to prove it. Probably two to three years this is usually what you get nowadays, unless you're horrible. Even Zach Wilson got two years. He's horrible. So, yeah, that's his floor and ceiling. It's a risk. You got to know what you're doing. You got to know what you're taking there. Not a sure thing at all, Anthony Richardson. From Chimo, what strategies have you used in order to get better at fantasy football? I think I find it helpful to look back over past transactions, uh, consulting more rankings, any advice you have for getting better faster. I'll take it. I love your rankings. I enjoy your process. Should I just follow your lead? So, selfishly, right, selfishly, you would probably hear me say, well, I'll just do it. Follow my lead, buy my Patreon, you know, do listen to me. My advice is the best. Watch my videos, subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications bell, follow me on Twitter at Tyler F. Creator. That's what you probably expect me to hear. And yes, yes, those things are very helpful. I would suggest listening to my advice. I wouldn't give it if I didn't think you should listen to it. However, just listening to me is not enough. Yes, it'll help, but it's not going to make you the best fantasy football player. It'll give you a leg up. What you can do on your own is, first of all, make your own rankings. I mean, yes, I make good rankings, but you got to do it yourself. Try making your own rankings. See how you would rank it. And don't just take my list. Do it yourself. And then you'll see. It'll help you value players. Maybe you'll have some differences for me. Just because I say it doesn't mean it's right. You know what I'm saying? So that's the first thing I would do. Make your own rankings. And uh, yeah, just do research. Do research. Uh, the tools at DLF are great. I mean... I think a DLF sub is worth it just for the tools. They're very underrated. Uh, so it's another way you can kind of get started. It's how I got started uh, doing my own research. So it's, I would suggest that if it worked for me, I think it'll work for you. Rapid Raven, how does Kraft affect Musgrave's stock? It's a good question. Tucker Kraft and Luke Musgrave both drafted to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Musgrave in the second round, Kraft in the third. I would say that it affects uh, Musgrave's stock a little in that there is a risk. I mean, we saw with Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst Mark Andrews became the tight end that you wanted on the Ravens. Hayden Hurst became eh, not much. There's a risk. I mean, Tucker Craft was a good prospect. Luke Musgrave for me was a better prospect, though. So it affects it. Probably drops him about two rounds of startup ADP, maybe three or four picks in a rookie draft. It's not a big deal. It's a little crowded there. They also drafted Jaden Reed, you know, Craft as well. Then they also added, um, what's his name? Uh, Dontavion Wicks in the fifth. So it, it, we'll have to see what they do there. But I'd say a little, you know, 
34 picks in rookie draft, two rounds of starter value. Not that much. I, I would bet on Luke Musgrave over Kraft. I will say Musgrave is a little bit overpriced. Kraft might be a good deal. Might bet on the, the lower guy at a better value. Just my take on that. Uh, D.D. Ross, 13. Biggest rookie winner and losers from the draft. Well, if we're talking about rookie winners, so rookies who gained or lost value, a lot of them didn't really change. I mean, a lot of the top players were very similar. Quinton Johnston, a big winner. I mean, he was falling for some people. They said he would fall out of the first round. He went in the first round to the Chargers. I'd call him a winner. You know, second wide receiver off the board. He's definitely a winner. Uh, after him, Dalton Kincaid. First round tight end to Buffalo. A lot of people were saying he would be the second or third tight end off the board. Uh, we're doubtful on his first round draft capital at some points because of his injury. He got first round draft capital, first tight end taking, great landing spot. Definite winner. Other than that, uh, winners are kind of few and far between. I mean, a lot. there were more people who lost value. But one last winner, um, Rasheed Rice, second round, was higher than I think people expected him to go. Kansas City's a good landing spot. There's another winner. Losers. Zach Charbonnet is obviously the headliner. He got the draft couple we wanted landed in Seattle behind Kenneth Walker. I would still draft him, but he's a big loser uh, from the draft. Then beyond him, Will Levis, who fell out of the top five overall picks to the second round. Definitely a loser. Um, and then, uh, you know, I there's a couple others, but those those are a good couple to start. Uh, I, I will say someone like Sean Tucker, who fell out of the draft entirely. <laughs> which was very sad because I actually really like Sean Tucker as a player. Israel Abanaconda, who fell all the way to the fifth to the Jets. Not what I wanted. I, I did actually write the article. So for DLF, I wrote the article both about rookies who landed in the best situations and rookies who landed in the worst. So I wrote a whole article covering this. So that's also there if you want to read that, just in case. All right, a, a strategy question from Ben Ben Q. How do you approach filling your bench? Good question. So in Dynasty, what you want to do is fill your bench with high upside running backs who have the ability to gain roles so you can sell them later. After a point, maybe about 150 overall, we don't want wide receivers. They're roster cloggers. They take up space. You can't start them. You can't trade them. You can't sell them. No use. You want to have running backs who have the opportunity to get on the field and then you can sell them. In Superflex, quarterbacks. I'm fine uh, doing the same thing with quarterbacks that I do with running backs in a 1QB. Uh, players like Bailey Zappi. Uh, you know, Tyler Huntley in past years was another example. Sam Darnold, potentially, uh, you know, players like that, Hendon Hooker. You, those are the kind of players you want on your bench in Superflex. Um, if I have, so from LML14, if I have Walker, would taking Charbonnet limit my team's upside? I'd say not really. I'll take Charbonnet. Look, when it comes to handcuffs like this, if the value in the rookie draft says I should take Zach Charbonnet, I will. If it says I should not take Zach Charbonnet, then I'm not going to take him. I will just make a decision on Charbonnet independent of whether I have Walker or not. It's not going to change anything uh, for that. Did the fantasy community overhype the 2023 class? <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, way overhyped, unfortunately. And I was part of it. What lesson should we take away from this draft? Well, I think the lesson is that it's just hard to project what the next year's class is going to be. Honestly, that's the main lesson. Don't put too much stock in that. Focus on just kind of valuing the future picks at a value. It is what it is. Don't buy the hype. Most classes are similar overall in value. We can't just say that the 23 class is going to be great a year in advance, let alone two years. 
And then in this year's draft, who are some third to fourth round sleepers we should highlight? Okay. So it's a good question. I would point out uh, Dwayne McBride, a running back, uh, seventh round Minnesota Vikings. Definitely someone I would draft. Um, a UDFA, Daneric Prince. I know a lot of people haven't even heard of him. Way later uh, for Kansas City, I just wrote about him for a DLF article. Um, Trey Tucker, he was drafted in the third round to the Raiders. A lot of people hadn't heard of him. He's someone that I would uh, consider drafting. Brendan Strange, second round, uh, tight end Jacksonville. Draft capitals there. Those are a few. The Colts said they were going to take Levis. Uh, if Richardson was taken, I don't believe that. <laughs> and the Titans said they almost straight up with the Bills to Levis. That, that I believe. <laughs> do you believe them? I won for two there. And did that change your final ranking? No. I, I don't care about, well, might have, would have. I don't care about would have. We're never going to know for sure who would have done what. All I care about is what was done. So I'm ranking Levis based on what was done, not who, what would have done. I don't care about that. Hypotheticals. Uh, I always like to read a few Patreon reviews on this show. So uh, about my last show, Elrond Chubble said, good show once again, Tyler. Really enjoy this format. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm trying to do my best. This format seems to be very popular. I really wish it had the views to go with how great people say it is. So if you like it, make sure to like the video, leave a comment, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notifications bell. You can be notified about all the future content. Really, really helps. And then here's a review about the Ask Tyler. Same format as this show, just questions sourced from a different place. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate all the reviews and, you know, everyone who has nice things to say about the show. Uh, let's move on to the last few questions. So... From Scooter1865, I see you bumped Anthony Richardson over Stroud and why. We're drafting so early in this league. Uh, do you see a world where Anthony Richardson might pass Young as we enter training camp and later? Uh, possibly. I mean, if we know Anthony Richardson's going to start week one, that would help. Uh, but Bryce Young is such a good prospect. I, Anthony Richardson is a huge risk. I don't know if I'd be willing to do that before seeing Anthony Richardson on the field. So probably not is my answer to that one. Elrond Chubbles, uh, only question I've got is this. If a rich starts uh, weeks one through 18, we take the over-under on 800 rookie yard, rushing yards for the rookie, I'll take the over. I don't think he's going to start all 18, uh, 17 games, but if he does, I'll take the over on 800 rushing yards for sure. Last question from Rapid Raven. Is the issue with Ravens receivers at this point a scheme thing or a too many mouths to feed type deal? They signed Monken for the OC, so I feel like they'll be passing more. They can't really pass less, so I do think they're going to pass more. I will caution you, though, even Jalen Hurts, at best, last year was like a best-case scenario, was averaging like 246 yards a game, that he has much better weapons than uh, Lamar Jackson has. There's no A.J. Brown or even Devonta Smith on the Ravens. I'll caution people who think that Lamar Jackson is going to throw for 5,000 yards. It's not going to happen. Lamar Jackson throws for 4,000 yards. I think he should be very, very, very happy. That's like a best-case scenario in my mind. So that's what it is. It's just that quarterbacks who run, you take up plays with running. You take up plays with quarterback running that were called pass plays that are not passes. That on the Chargers or the Bengals, those plays are passes. But on the Ravens, Lamar can run and those pass calls become runs. I don't care who the OC is. There's going to be less passing on a team with Lamar Jackson. So, you know, people I think are overhyping the Todd Munkin OC uh, change in my opinion. Now it is important to count it because I don't think it's going to be a repeat of the Greg Roman offense, but it is what it is. 
if Lamar Jackson is a pocket passer who just sits there and throws, he's not worth 200 whatever million dollars or anywhere near it. So if he's not using his legs, he's not worth the money. So he is going to be using his legs. So that's really what it is. It's just a, you know, a touch thing. All right. I appreciate everyone who watched this show. I love doing this. If you like this, leave a comment, like the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications bell, support me on Twitter at Tyler F of Creator, on Patreon at um, patreon.com slash fantasy advice, or anywhere else you see my content. Just support me. Tell me uh, that you like it. Tell me what, if you have feedback, think I could do something better. Tell me I could do something better. I want to hear it. I want to hear feedback. Any kind is fine. I just want to hear it. Uh, from you guys, because I do this for the audience. But I appreciate you all, and I will see you all next time. Peace.